Hi, my name is Andrea Bumstead and I am a member at Restore Temecula. If you are new, we want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. We believe the church is not an event, but a family that you belong to. So we would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you want to learn more about our church or if we can help in any way, please visit our website at www.RestoreTemecula.com and click on Contact. We also have a mobile app with resources, including our Sunday messages, information about upcoming events, and other ways to connect. You can download our app on the Apple or Android App Store. With all of that said, we hope you enjoy the message. Wonderful. All right, who's going for the Chiefs? Wow. T. Carp is on fire. She's a huge, huge Patrick Mahomes fan. And who's going for the Eagles? All right, so we're like, um, there's like four people that are going to be watching the Super Bowl. And everybody else is going to be napping after lunch. That's cool. I'm like, Eric, it's weird. I used to be like full on, like hardcore into football and fantasy football and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, I think life just happened. And uh, I didn't know who was playing until about a week and a half ago. Uh, Forgive my voice. I've been battling a cold uh, this week, but I promise you don't have anything to be concerned about. Colds still exist. It's all right. Uh, But I'm genuinely looking forward to today. Uh, You've heard it a lot. Today's Give Love Sunday. I would argue it's the real Super Bowl. I think there are more eyes in heaven tuning into uh, the restored family of churches and us practicing generosity than there are uh, watching the game today, although I'm not against the Super Bowl. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, But yeah, just genuinely excited. Live for this stuff. Now, let me start my timer. Now, uh, We are currently kind of, we pressed pause on our Matthew series, and we're week two in a new series that we've entitled Priesthood. And the heart behind uh, this series of what we're going through on Sundays is, when we talk about this idea of priesthood, it's all about restoring our priestly identity as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as disciples, okay? Now, when I talk about this idea of uh, a priestly identity, hear me, if you're in Christ, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're like, yes, like I've received his grace and mercy, I wanna, I wanna follow him. He's both, he's both my savior and Lord. If that's you in the room, wonderful. Part of who you are is a priest. Not just what you do, but genuinely who God has made you to be is a priest. Now, what does that mean? A priest is someone who, who, who lives a life that's oriented around ministering to God. Okay, when I say ministering to God, I mean, I mean blessing him. I mean praising him. I mean adoring him. I mean expressing devotion to him in sacrificial, intangible, practical ways. Praise, various offerings, various sacrifices, your time, your energy, your body, your thoughts, your money, your resources, all of it, right? A priest is, is someone who's, whose life is oriented around ministering to God, not out of duty, but out of devotion, right? <clears throat> and so we've been talking about this because there's, here's the, 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 the truth is this. The truth is there's all sorts of things that a human being could orient their life around. All sorts of things. 
but a priest orients their life around ministering to God. It's like, it's like a chief priority. It's like if when push comes to shove, this is not going to get shoved out of my life. This is not going to get crowded out of my life. I build my life around this concept of blessing God because he's worthy. Just because he's worthy, because he's wonderful, because he's kind, because he's gracious, because he's a loving father. And so that's what we're exploring, right? A life of devotion and worship. And last week I talked about how I'm convinced that this is a turning point in the life of our church. Not just like, oh, cool, we're interrupting Matthew's series to talk about our priestly identity. It's important. Like, not only is it important, I believe it's fundamental. I believe that God's leading us as a church, as a family, and and, and shifting our minds. Like, it's, it's a mindset shift. Like, for many of us in the room, we won't necessarily change a whole lot on the outside of what we do. There'll be some practical things we'll get into in the course of this series, but it'll be way more a, mind, a, a mindset shift of that I, of, of, of I'm, living, I'm living with devotion to God. And we're going to talk a little bit about this, like connecting the, the body and the spirit, the, the kind of the, the, the physical and the spiritual. But I believe that this is a turning point in the life of our church. And you're going to hear more in the weeks to come, the months to come, of how we're actually going to be um, being more intentional and, and kind of shifting some things. Not, not crazy, but with a lot of intentionality and thought, and especially prayer. Okay? Uh, we've talked a little bit about, about how we're starting with Sundays. You'll notice we're going to be spending way more time on the front end uh, before, the, before the preach, ministering to God, blessing him, training our children why and how we do this, praise. Um, so more time on the front of the message and more time on the back of the message, devoted, set aside. We're budgeting our time in that regard just to bless him putting God back at the center, not man. There's nothing wrong with people that need to receive ministry. We all do. We all need to be ministered to. We all need to be encouraged. That will happen whenever the presence of God is here, whenever his word is preached, whenever people filled with his spirit gather and collect. That's gonna happen. But what's most important is blessing him. And so we're adjusting Sunday mornings accordingly to make that the priority. So if you look at how we budget our time on Sundays, you'll see, oh, this, 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 this worshiping family is prioritizing blessing God collectively together as a priesthood. Priesthood is plural, right? People orienting their lives around blessing God, ministering to him. And so if you missed last week's uh, sermon, I want to encourage you, listen to that because we, it's really important. Like I said, this is a turning point in the life of our church. And so I want to encourage you, go back, listen to that, because a lot of the things that I cover today will kind of be based out of that. Now, today, we're going to continue on kind of pulling this thread of what does it mean to be the priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood, like we read about in the scriptures. And so we'll be back in 1 Peter chapter 2, so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and grab that now. Flip over to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to go through verses 1 through 10 again this morning. We're going to be in 1 Peter 2, 1 through 10 for a while. I don't know how long we'll be here as long as God has us here, but I'm convinced, listen to me, I'm convinced that God is, his desire for a restored church to Mecula is that we would, that our, our priestly identity would be restored and strengthened, not just for us as adults, but for you young people in the room. I'm looking around. You guys are so important. Good God, are you important. 
I want you to know that this community, all these adults in this room, they're so committed to your development, to your um, formation, so that you would become more like Jesus, because that's what everybody's goal in this room is, to become more like him, our great high priest. So, 1 Peter chapter 2, before I jump into reading this, I'm going to pray, and so will you join me? Let's pray together. Father, I'm so grateful to be here this morning. I'm genuinely thankful to be in your presence with your people. And so, Father, I pray for um, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus this morning. Show us Jesus. Enlighten our hearts to Jesus. Teach us about our priestly identity, who you've made us to be. There's all sorts of things that are jockeying for our attention and to influence us. And like, we just wanna, we wanna slow down. We wanna tap into your spirit. We wanna, we wanna receive your word. And so, Father, I pray that you'd fill me with power. Um, you'd fill my words. You'd attach power to my words. And any words that are not of you, that you just ditch them. I really want to serve and honor these amazing people. I don't want to get in the way of anything that you want to do in our lives. And so, Father, we look to you. Spirit, we're open to you. Jesus, we glorify you like we sung this morning. You're wonderful, Jesus. You're powerful. You're beautiful. You're kind. You're so worthy. And so show us the way. God, we look to you now. And all God's people said, amen. All right, 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 10. It says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone, Rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. You yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built, are, yeah, are, being, are being built to be a holy priesthood. There's that word, holy priesthood. Why? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, he's gonna quote Isaiah 28. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Underline that, never be put to shame. Verse seven. So honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, it's gonna quote scripture again, Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone. And a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. Verse nine, but you, the church, us, every single one of us in this room, if you're in Christ, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You wanna meditate on a passage? I'm just a phrase this week, meditate on that one. 
the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Swirl that one around in your mouth a little bit. Verse 10, finally. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, so here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this idea of sacrifices that are acceptable. I don't know if you caught it, but in, what is it, verse 5, he says, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built into a holy priesthood. Why? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So if we're going to be people who live out of this identity as, a, as priests, as a collective of priests, a priesthood who's oriented around, around ministering to God, blessing him, sacrificial offerings, love, devotion, not duty, but like, but like genuine love, relationship, right? Not religion. If we're going to be that, it would be really helpful for us to understand what sacrifices are actually acceptable and which ones God goes, no, 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 no. That's what we're going to talk about, okay? So the first thing I want to draw your attention to about these acceptable sacrifices um, is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. An acceptable sacrifice is spiritual. It's spiritual. Okay, we just read it in verse 5. Being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When I say that, it's, that an acceptable sacrifice is spiritual, what I'm getting at here is that means it's not just physical. How many of you know you're both a physical and a spiritual being? Okay? So when we talk about this idea of spiritual sacrifices, it means it's more than just physical. Okay? It's more than just what you do. You see, spiritual, what it speaks to is it speaks to the inner man or the inner woman the inner person, what's happening inside of you, okay? And what the Bible's talking about is that an acceptable sacrifice is both the outer you, absolutely, and the inner you. So the outer you is like the physical act that you actually do, right? The verb, if you will. It's the what. It's, it's the sacrificial thing that you are giving yourself over to doing. That's the outer part, the outer you. The inner you that's the heart, the inner you, the heart, the, 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 the motive, the, the why. So the outer you, the what, the inner you, the why, the, 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 the heart of it, right? So let's talk about this idea of an acceptable sacrifice, maybe one that you see in a gathering on a Sunday, and some of you, maybe you see people with their hands raised when we're praising God. And you're like, dude, okay, I, yeah, I see that that's kind of like a religious thing to do, but like, why do you do that? You know, is it like, are you not, not supposed to draw attention to yourself? Are you just trying to look like the, the varsity Christian in the room? What's going on here with this? And we've talked about this at length, but I want, I want to readdress it because I think it's really, really important because we want to be a priesthood who offers acceptable sacrifices, both spiritual and physical, okay? So here's the thing. This idea of like, let's just raising your hands during praise time. What is happening here? That's a sacrifice of praise. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a sacrifice with your body, okay? It's a bodily sacrifice, if you will. Now, <clears throat> if you've been journeying with us for any length of time, what I'm about to say is review, but I think it's important to talk about. 
the, the most frequent command in the scriptures is what? Don't be afraid. That command is the most, it shows up the most frequently in the scriptures. Don't be afraid. Fear not, right? The second most frequent command in the Bible is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In, in, in Hebrew, there's seven Hebrew words that are translated as praise in English. So, so the Hebrew language, way more depth. So you have seven different words in Hebrew that mean different things that all of them are translated to praise in English. Now, one of those Hebrew words um, is the word yada. And, and let me just say this to you really, really quickly. It's important to note Every single command that God gives us, every single one of them is for our flourishing. God's not holding out on us. He's our father. And he's the perfect father. And the perfect father's not there to like manipulate and control and harm or hinder their kids from flourishing. No, the perfect father is there to see their, their child become everything that he would desire for them to be, for them to flourish in every single way. So hear me, every single command in the scripture is for your flourishing. Praise the Lord, the second most frequent one. Oh, same with that. It's for your flourishing. It's not because God needs something from you. I don't know if you know this, the angels have been praising him in heaven for eternity. He's not like, he's not short on the praise necessary. No, 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 this is for us. It's for our flourishing, right? One of those seven Hebrew words for praise is the word yada. And what it literally means is it literally means to praise God by extending the hands. So I, I want you to see that when it comes to these offerings of praise, these sacrifices of praise, we're offering our body. We're sacrificing our body, our time, our energy in a very practical way collectively together. So when you see this happening, here's the thing. I can raise my hands in gathering. <clears throat> I can do it physically without doing it spiritually. In other words, the outer me can be into it while the inner me is not. Are you tracking with me? There are times when my inner man doesn't match with my outer man. And hear me, a sacrifice acceptable to God, it involves both. It's not just physical, it's also spiritual. It's not just the outer you, it's the inner you. What this is all about, friends, is all about connecting the heart and the body. Okay, like the inner you with the outer you. Because here's the thing, when the, when the heart and the body are connected, when the, when the outer you and the inner you are connected, you have worship. Real worship. Now, whether or not you're worshiping God is a whole other conversation, but that's the recipe for worship. Mind and body and soul connected, right? Heart and body, inner man, outer man, connected. And here's the cool thing about this. Nothing's off limits. Like anything and everything that you give yourself over to doing, physically, you can attach your spirit to it. Do you realize what that means? That means that you can be worshiping God doing pretty much anything. Track with me for a second, okay? 
Now, I would, I mean, really quickly, just sidebar. You could argue that everything we do is an act of worship to something, right? But I want you to see that there's, there's no limit to the things that you can do as an act of worship to God. You, young, you, young, uh, you parents with young kids in the room. <laughs> Diapers. You, this is silly. You can change diapers as an act of worship to God. Think about it. It's a sacrifice of your time. It's a sacrifice of your energy. What? To love God by serving your neighbor. It just so happens that your neighbor is your child. And and the act of service is wiping their butt. But when when you connect the outer you with the inner you, and you live in such a way as an act of devotion and love, primarily to God in the ways that you move out into the world, I want you to see that's an act of worship. Anything and everything you do. That means that there are no pointless things in life. Whether it's changing diaper, we're talking about give love today, right? This, this annual uh, rhythm that we give ourselves to as a, as, a, as a family of churches where we try to raise as much money for kingdom initiatives, for, for things that God's doing on the earth outside of our local context, Right? Well, what are we doing? We're, we're physically sacrificing resources as an act of love for God. Hear me. We're investing in his mission, right? Yeah. Awesome, wonderful, important. We're practicing generosity, right? Yeah. Awesome, important, great. But hear me. Don't forget about your priestly identity in all of this. Don't forget about your priestly identity in the things that we give ourselves to, especially give love, right? Yes, it's absolutely investing in the mission. Yes, it's practicing generosity, but it's primarily an act of devotion to who? To God. We do give love. Absolutely, we're doing it to, 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 to fund God's mission of bringing his kingdom more on the earth. Absolutely. But hear me, that's secondary. That's secondary. As important as it is, the primary reason, don't forget about your priestly identity. The primary reason is an act of devotion to the God who's leading us to do that in the first place. You with me? I don't want us to, I, I don't want us to compartmentalize and abandon our priestly identity in every single thing that we do. The big things like give love, like Sunday morning worship, and the small things like changing a diaper. Your career Like, think about the implications here. Everything that you give yourself over to, man. Anything that you do. Uh, Can we just read you Colossians chapter three, verses 23 and 24. Paul writes this. Tell me if this sounds applicable. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it from the what? the inner man, the inner woman. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for who? For the Lord. And not for people. Doesn't mean we disregard them. It's that it's, he's primary because we're priests. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. Um, 
there was a movie that was popular when I was a kid in the early 90s. And it was Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. Does anybody remember this movie? Okay, trivia. What was the song from that movie that was massive? Brian Adams, what's it called? Everything I do, I do it for you. Okay, can you guys bring the microphone? We're going to do some karaoke because I know somebody knows, I know somebody knows this song. You know the song, some of you younger people in the room, you're like, this is where, this is where it feels awkward. You probably don't know. But listen, there's this song. Do me, I just want to see, who knows the song I'm talking about? Okay, most of you in the room. Jeff knows it, right? <clears throat> Liz is literally going like this too. Hear me. The, the lyrics to this song, uh, I wish I could, my voice is so jacked, I would sing it for you. Every, what is it? Um, you know it's true. Everything I do. Sing it. I do it for you. Hey, tell me that's not a worship song. Whether they're worshiping Jesus or not, that's a different question. Everything I do, I do it for you. That's, that, that song like took over the country, took over the world. It was massive. And here's my theory. It's massive, not just because the melody's good or it's clever lyrically, but because it taps into something deep inside the heart of every single human. We're made to worship. Part of our identity as a priest, part of who we intrinsically are as human beings made in God's image we got to worship. We have to. We always are. Everything I do, I do it for you. Isn't that pretty much what Paul's writing 2,000 years ago in Colossians chapter 3? Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord. Everything I do, I do it for you. Everything I do, I do it for you. Devotion. An acceptable sacrifice is spiritual. It involves the inner you and the outer you. It involves the what and the why, the physical and the spiritual. Do you want to know why? It's because God desires all of who you are, like the entirety of you as a person. Can I just camp out here for a second? Do you not know that God desires you? I'm not moving on from this one for a second. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, desires you. He desires you, all of you. He wants you. Not the, the you that's all cleaned up. Not the you that's presentable. Like the you. Hear me, not just the outer you. 
the inner you, he desires you. Every single one of us is flawed, huh? Any perfect, any perfect folks in the room? No. And yet, and yet, God desires you. Friends, he's worthy. An acceptable sacrifice is spiritual. The next thing, an acceptable sacrifice is not religious. Uh, look back at verses 9 and 10 in 2 Peter. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possessions, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, um, I don't want to spend too much time here. Next week, Herrick's going to dive deep into the mercy of God. Can't encourage you enough to join us for that. But this week, what I want to do is I want to highlight that an acceptable sacrifice is one that is done as a response to God's mercy. It's done as a response to what God has done for who he is, for his mercy, right? That means an acceptable sacrifice is not religious. What do I mean by that? Um, you can either offer sacrifices out of devotion, out of, out of gratitude to God, thanksgiving, or you can offer sacrifices um, sort of like a transaction, right? I do this, and God does that. I do this, then God does that. That's a transaction, right? It's sort of like I'm trying to coerce him to bless me or something. If I lift my hands in gathering, if I give more money to give love, if I, whatever. If I do this, he does that. And I expect that he does that. And if he doesn't do that, you've just now violated the terms of our relationship. You did not meet my expectations. Now I'm bitter. Now I'm angry. Now I distance myself from my heavenly father who loves me, knows me, has a plan for my life. You can offer sacrifices out of devotion and gratitude to God, or you can do it as a transaction. Here's the thing. When, when we, and I've, guys, I'm so guilty of this. When we approach God and we, and, we, and we offer sacrifices, whether it's big, small, whatever it is, even just prayer, when we engage with God and we do it out of like a, a, a essentially the inner part of us, our, our deepest desire is to coerce him to bless us or something. Do you realize what's happening? Like, do you realize what's going on when we do that? Essentially, it's an attempt to put God in our debt. Or should I, I, should, I should say in debt to us. God, I've done this. Now you owe me. <laughs> I don't know why this comes to my mind, but God, I paused the Matthew series to, to, to talk about and address us restoring our priestly identities at church, why did I get a cold this week? I obeyed you. Silly, stupid. What about for you? And here's the thing. When we do that, right, it's an attempt to, to, to put God in debt to us, like you owe me. And check it out. It's masked in an act of worship. <laughs> Not acceptable. Not acceptable. Uh, look at Romans 12. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. Tell me if this sounds familiar. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
in view of the mercies of God, out of response to the mercies of God, because of God's mercy, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There's your priesthood. Ministering to God, blessing God. Acceptable sacrifices, right? Holy and pleasing to God. That's the acceptable part. Some translations even say acceptable. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Friends, an acceptable sacrifice is done as a response to the mercies of God, not as a transaction. An acceptable sacrifice is not religious. When we, when we, when we approach God and the things that we do as a transaction, God's like, that's not acceptable, that ain't gonna work. So that being said, hear me, you need to understand something. There is a significant blessing, a significant blessing that comes from ministering to God, from blessing God, from from, from offering acceptable sacrifices out of devotion. I want to talk about that. You're going to hear more about God's mercies next week from Herrick, but I want to kind of wrap things up this morning talking about the significant blessing, the outcome of when we live as a priesthood and we offer God acceptable sacrifices just to bless him because he's worthy and he's worth it and he's wonderful. When we do that, something happens and it's awesome and it's a benefit to us. I want to talk about that. Look back at verse uh, Romans 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age. Do not be conformed to this age. In other words, don't worship how the ungodly culture around you worships. In other words, don't worship religiously. Don't worship as a transaction transactionally. Hear me, even non-Christians worship that way. They as- worship means to ascribe ultimate worth. So you can be an atheist all you want. You are ascribing ultimate worth to things. And you're doing it like a transaction. Not you, but you know, you get the point here. We, we as human beings can drift into this, this state where we worship religiously, i.e. a transaction, i.e. I do this and you, God, that I ascribe the most worth to, give me this. And if you don't, is when you have a problem. It says, don't do that. Don't be conformed to this age. Don't worship the way the ungodly culture around you worships. Instead, what does he say? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. In other words, offer acceptable sacrifices to who? To God. Hear me. That's ministering to God. That's living as a priesthood. And now check this out. According to Romans 12, when we minister to God, what happens? Did you catch it? Two things. Transformation and God's will is revealed. Transformation. You become more like him. The more you orient your life around ministering to him just because he's worthy, of blessing him just because he's awesome and he's wonderful, out of devotion, not out of duty. When you do that, 
you start to become more like him. It's this idea of beholding leads to becoming. And not just transformation, but it talks about God's will being revealed. Look back at verse uh, two. It says, so that, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. Now, if you're here and you're like, ah, Tom, that feels like a stretch. I don't know if I agree with the way you're exegeting this passage. That feels like it's convenient for your message. This is biblical, dude. Look at Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verses one through three. Now, the church, the worshiping family of God, the collective of priests, the priesthood, Christians, the church, not the building, right? Now, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, the Saul there is who would later become the Apostle Paul. Get this. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set, us, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off where it says, as they were worshiping the Lord, if you look at some of the more literal translations, what, if you were to translate that phrase in the Greek, literally, do you know what it translates to? As they were ministering to God. As they were ministering to God. So hear me, when was God's will revealed to the, to the church? As they were ministering to God. As they were ministering to God, God spoke. His, he, the revelation of God's will. As they were ministering to him. As they were fasting to him. Now, was it like an individual thing? Them all scattered off into their homes and like just individually ministered? No, it's talking about like... It's, it's the priesthood, it's the collective, it's coming together to offer God acceptable sacrifices out of gratitude. Hear me, just because he's worthy. That means just because he's worth it. Devotion, not duty. Relationship, not religion, right? So hear me. This is the significant blessing, man. God's kind. He wants relationship with you, right? He, he desires you. Ministering to God out of a pure place, out of devotion, it leads to significant blessing. It leads to transformation, becoming more like him. And it leads to the revelation of his will. Friend, do you know God's will for your life? In this season right now that you're, you're living in, like are you, are you convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know what God's will for me is right now? Hear me, if you don't, you can. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are frustrated with where you are in life right now. I just need a breakthrough. I feel stuck, I feel frustrated, I feel angry. 
Some of you, you're missing out on God's, the revelation of his will for you, his child. Guys, Romans 12, it says God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. I don't know about you, I want some of that in my life. Friends, this is a season for us as a church family. It's a a season about restoring our priestly identity, about, about reorienting our lives around blessing God. Around, around, around ministering to him, offering him sacrifices that are acceptable, not just going through the motions, but offering him sacrifices that are acceptable. They're both spiritual and physical, right? They're not religious. Uh, they're, they're done in response to his goodness just because he's worth it, just because he's worthy, I'm running out of time, but I want to take just like 30 seconds and just put the beauty and glory of Jesus in front of you. The one who desired you so much, the rich one, who though you were poor for your sake became rich so that you could become, for for your sake he became poor so that you could become rich. The great exchange, like the sacrificial savior the lover of your soul, the one who says, I don't care what anybody else says, she's worth it to me. That is the other churches wanting to know what the give love offering is. I I guarantee it. (laughs) It is. No, but hear me. Poor timing. Hear me. Don't lose sight of the fact that Jesus Christ desired you so much that he would willingly lay his life down, leave the comforts of heaven, substitute himself to live the perfect life that you never could. All the mistakes that you made, he goes, I'm gonna cover all that. I got her, I got her, I got him. And then willingly goes to the cross. He said, no one takes my life from me. I willingly lay it down. Why? Devotion. Devotion. Guys, he's worthy. All right, I'm gonna close with this. Um, Band, will you come up? Prayer team, will you just hold off for just a bit? Um, Band, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up. Give Love Sunday. Give Love Sunday. What we're gonna do in just a moment is we're we're gonna like collect the offering. I know that uh, many of you have already given. Praise God, it's amazing. But this is important. I don't know if you know this, but God is the God of the nations. He loves Temecula. He loves Marietta. He loves Menifee. He loves Wildemar. He loves Southern California. Absolutely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loves the nations. And remember, beholding leads to becoming. The more we orient our lives around ministering to God, the more we orient our lives around our priestly identity, you know what God starts to do? He starts to reveal his will to us, doesn't he? Like we talked about. And he starts to reveal his heart. He loves Africa. He loves the people of Northern Africa. He loves the people of South Africa. And he, over the course of the last few years, he really has shared his heart for these people, these various people groups, 
to our family of churches in a way that he's inviting us to partner with the work that he desires to do. Now hear me, we have an option for our Give Love 2023. We can do this physically without doing it spiritually. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Why? Because God's worth the inner me and the outer me. He's worth me stepping into my priestly identity. He's worth you, us, the priesthood, living out of our priestly identity, oriented around ministering to him, blessing him. Why? Just because he's worthy. Are we giving to the mission of God advancing on the earth? Yeah, for sure. Are we giving to practice generosity and grow in this area of discipleship? Absolutely. Those are secondary we're doing this as an act of devotion. We're doing this primarily to minister to him because he's worth it. So here's what I want to do. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm less concerned about the final number that we raise for Restored to Mecca. I'm less concerned about that. I'm way more concerned about us embracing our priesthood as we do it. The what is important. It totally is. But I want this, I want this to be a pleasing offering to the Lord, because he's worth it. I want this to, I want this to go, oh, restored, Temecula, this is so acceptable. I love this, this incense rising to me, this offering, this sacrificial, this money, like, yes, I love this. Thank you for loving me in return. Thank you for responding to my mercy on your lives. I accept this with delight, my children. That's what I want for him. I want to give him a gift, because he's worthy a pleasing offering to God. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment and I want to just pray right now and I want each of us to invite God to lead us into this. And I want us to ask this question genuinely. God, what would you desire? And then I want to invite you to respond to please him. The outer man or woman connecting with the inner man or woman going, Jesus, you're worthy. Here's my, here's my sacrifice. If you've already given, beautiful. You can still pray this and you can still connect what you've already done. It's beautiful. You have an opportunity to actually worship as we do this. Now, here's the thing. I want all of us to participate. I'm asking all of us to participate. Hear me. Whether it's $5 or $5 million, whether it's a dollar or whether it's $20. I don't, again, I'm not as concerned about the number as much as I am about giving you and I an opportunity to connect the inner man with the outer man. Going, Jesus, you're worthy. Priesthood, priestly identity, devotion, not duty. So Holy Spirit, we invite you now We thank you for the many ways that you have been revealing your love to us over the course of our lives. Thank you that you've brought us together as a local church family. Thank you that as we have oriented our lives around our priestly identity over the years that you've identified, you've revealed more of your will to us. 
And you, you, you've, you've shared your heart for North Africa and for South Africa, so much so that you would call some of the, some of the people among us to, to reorient their lives and move there to see, um, to see you, your kingdom come and your will be done in that place. And so, Lord, now we wait on you and we just say, would you speak to us? Our desire, like, our desire is to know what would be pleasurable to you and then to connect our outer man or woman with our inner man or woman and as an act of, of worship, as an act of sacrificial delight, going, you're worthy, God, here. Yes, we want to invest in your kingdom coming on the earth. Yes, we want to practice generosity. But more than that, Lord, we just want to bring you pleasure. We just want to worship you because you're worth it. Stand with me if you're able. Um, there's, uh, here's what we're gonna do. The next 15 minutes or so, we have, we have about 20 minutes left in the gathering, 15 minutes of it. This is a time for us to respond. An act of ministering to God, blessing him in response to his mercy, in response to his grace, in response to his goodness. One of the ways that we can do this is give love. Uh, I have terrible service here in this room. If you need to go out and outside to get service to give digitally, you can do that. There's a box and a basket in the back. Um, you can do it that way. Um, if you have any issues with, with like how to give, you can talk to me, you can talk to Herrick, but we're gonna do that. And we're gonna praise him. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna bring offerings of praise to him right now as well because he's worthy. Here's, here's what I want you to do. No matter, what, how, no matter how you express devotion to God, I want you to connect the outer man or woman with the inner man or woman. You with me? The physical and the spiritual, the what and the why. And the why is, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. You've given your blood, your body for me because you loved me. And so I want to respond with devotion back to you. All right, Ben, would you guys lead us, take us away? If you have any, you can, you can do it anytime you want. Um, Eric, come on up.